Strike for another episode of First Strike. This is KYT back at my old place for this episode. Before we start the show, we're going to plug our sponsor, FaceFaceGames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. And this week's special, we've got a sale on a bunch of select Commander cards. So if you're playing Commander, which is not that many of us, I guess. Well, Brian, Brian's no longer on the show, so, so we, don't, we no longer have a Commander hater. But if you love Commander, go to FaceFaceGames.com and click on the first banner. It's a bunch of stuff. And uh, if you want to win $50 store credit, I say this on the show all the time, very easy to do. Go to the Facebook page of FaceFace Games. Go to the, uh, the contest post, and you just have to comment on your favorite commander, and I'm going to randomly select someone to win $50 store credit next Tuesday. And again, there's only about 100-ish people that joins. We've even had repeat winners, like two repeat winners, because not enough people join, so it's very easy to get that 50 bucks to buy some Ravnica Allegiance cards that comes out this Friday. And uh, while I'm on face-to-face games, this Saturday is the Vancouver Open. There's the Vancouver Open going on. And, of course, we're also at Magic Fest uh, New Jersey. I think this might be the first time we're doing this, where we have, like, two major events at the same time. And we may have been at an American and a European GP once. But, uh, yeah, lots of... We're going to have Ravnica Legion's cards at the GP, at the Magic Fest, and at Vancouver Open. So. Anyways, check that out. Today, we've got my favorite guest, one of my favorite guests, Shane Sarani, at least the most repeating guest. And uh, he predicted on our show, April 2017, not even 2018, it was older than what most people thought, most of our fans thought Shaheen said it last year. We said it a while ago that he felt like a certain piece in KCI would be banned. And he was right. Uh, Shaheen, your, your reaction was that, uh, anyway, first of all, welcome back to the show. And Thanks, uh, what was your Thank first you. uh, reaction? Um, it's one of those, it, it wasn't bittersweet or anything because, um, you know, it was one of the wo- most predictable bands in the last few months. Um, when the pitchforks come out, um, Wizards is pretty, and, you know, they say they have data to back it up, and they didn't care about the top, the four in the most recent GP in Oakland. And they say, you know, they have all this stuff, and I, I'm pretty sure it boils down to, the entire population of vocal competitive players hate it, uh, hate playing against it. The viewers at home don't like watching it. The, the people that run tournaments don't enjoy covering it. Uh, just complain after complain. And, um, you know, so I think it got banned for that reason uh, heavily. Uh, because if you look at it from a power level perspective, I still think it's the most powerful combo deck or was now in modern. Um, but just because it's the most powerful at the time is still just a few percentage points below the next one. You know, it's not like exceedingly double, triple power level of like the decks that are out there, the other turn three, turn four decks. Um, but I knew a few years ago when I called this deck being banned, I knew it was going to happen eventually because at that time, <clears throat> the modern format didn't really have a lot of combo presence. Um, it was still more aggro dominated. Uh, there wasn't like the, is it Phoenix deck? Obviously that's given, um, most decks, most of these combo decks, run for their money with a ridiculously fast clock, surgicals, and all kinds of like interactive spells. Um, and there weren't uh, obviously the uh, uh, the other decks weren't evolved to the point to handle KCI. There weren't as many Stony Silence as Spirits wasn't a deck. Cause Spirits killed uh, KCI. I mean, it was embarrassing. I think at uh, I was I forgot the Grand Prix. I think it might have been Jersey <clears throat> a little while ago. I was X three or excuse me X two. 
um, and lost to three. My last three out of four rounds, I lost to Spirits. Just beat the crap out of me over and over. It's just so tough to beat. Um, so I think, you know, I'm not happy about it. Uh, they're still delaying Stoneforge Mystic Unban, which I've cried about a little bit. Um, there's no, re- it, outside of optics, there's no reason not to unban it. I'm pretty sure they're going to put in a, a master set and then make, you know, print it and then say, oh, look, we looked at the data. Here's a foil one in our new set, <laughs> even though they're double masters. So I'm sure they're going to ha- unban it. It's a, I'm, I could, I'll say this, what's today's date? 24th. It will be unbanned this year, 100%. There was so much speculation. Ranting. I don't know. There was so much speculation <laughs> that uh, Stoneforge was being banned. Like I think some people thought felt like they found the site that that we're gonna that was gonna announce it or something. Or people were spreading rumors. My man, I didn't think it was gonna get unbanned this time around. I mean, obviously, I started being more vocal whenever the politics gets to the banning on unbanning. Um, you know, it's it's time to talk about it. It, it kind of sucks the way that works out, but um, so. Obviously, I was vocal about, it, but I was I was very fairly certain that they weren't going to unban it. There's no modern tournament right now. There's no like uh, the formats uh, has high numbers and popularity. Uh, they just banned the deck, so they're going to let see how that plays out. Um, and the number one reason I think is they are not making uh, they're not going to make a ton of money on a set that they had because I mean you look at the JSON ban, they're still a company. It wasn't accidental that they waited until they could print a foil or you know reprint it in a new set. Um, so I see them unveiling it when they need a spike in some kind of sales, or they have a big modern event coming up, or a Magic Fest, uh, a couple in a row, plus a Mythic Championship will be modern, and then they'll do it. I think that's when they do it. Andy, Andy, and Derek, um, both of you weren't on the show uh, when when she made made uh, weren't official co-host when she made it his initial prediction i uh, was uh vince uh d'agostino and robert lombardi and i still remember when you first said it shaheen um i don't think people like at that time like kci nobody thought kci was broken and uh people just thought you were crazy yeah you remember this? They, they were kind of right though because it, that version it had emrakul no pirate spell bomb that version i i didn't figure out mirror retriever yet so once i figured out Mirror Retriever, then the deck became an infinite combo shortly after that, the Pro Tour, I'd say a few months after that, um, where I played it. And once that happened, Matt Nass, actually, I remember it like it was yesterday, Matt Nass, Sam Pardee, a few of the other East-West Bowl guys were talking to me at the Pro Tour before the last round. They're like, dude, I saw your deck, man. You want to talk about it? So I talked to him about it. Biggest mistake I ever made. <laughs> I should have just shut my mouth. <laughs> so Matt took it. Uh, amped it up, made it lean, easier to win, um, less clunky, and um, I think that was the beginning of the end for the deck. But I knew once you cast KCI, even though there was no infinite combo, it was infinite enough. And that's what people realize when they start playing it now. Like Even if you're not comboing off for the win, you're probably going to win. But instead of me being 82, 85% to win, Matt made it obviously like 99 after you get it rolling. So um, I think People were right when they thought it wasn't going to be banned when I was mentioning it because they haven't had a chance to it. But I think on the show I might even mention you got it. It's hard to explain. I think I mentioned that you have to you have to you have to get your hands on it, and then you realize you're like this is not right. It's not right for the format, and um, you know it's probably better for modern that it's gone. And uh, I will be uh, now damned to playing mediocre blue light control decks until. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> okay, let's let's just get a reaction from someone who just like recently bought the deck, and and Andy, we talked about your your feelings prior to the uh, possible ban, and, and let's let's get your uh, early. I, I mean, not early. Let's get your reaction to to the banning. Well, uh, it's it sucks for me, but deep down like i knew it was broken i kind of felt like i was sort of like lying to myself that it like might not get banned because i didn't want it to because i had i had so much i had a great time playing the deck and i thought the deck was incredibly powerful and resilient but then i was playing a league on magic online and i was playing against spirits and on like turn five or six i got spell quellers twice and passed twice and still killed them and i was like yeah it's probably broken it's probably <laughs> probably too good yeah so yeah, I'm upset, but I think it's better for the whole magic world whilst it uh, completely screws me. <laughs> I have no clue what to play now for GP Toronto. But uh, thankfully, I have a lot of good friends who will hopefully lend me some cards for, uh, <laughs> for this Grand Prix. Um, so we're, we're talking about uh, preparing for, for Magic Fest GP Toronto, right, Annie? Uh Yes. Shaheen, so, so Nostradamus uh, Surani, uh, what's what's next? What's what's the format going to look like? How how is someone going to dominate Toronto? I mean, I like Is It Phoenix now, and that's not really trailblazing to say. Um, is I think it's pretty much agreed upon like the best deck. But you know, when you talk about the best deck in modern, like I said, the percentage points are not not there. It's not like significantly the best deck. I still think a lot of decks are kind of competitive. But it's the one that has game against everything. You have the explosiveness to um, kill combo decks quickly. Thing in the Ice gives you stupid good game against aggressive decks. If you, you know, you can just, it's just so much burst damage so quickly. Um, and then you have a great sideboard plan. I wrote an article uh, begging Phoenix players to play Blood Moon in their sideboard a long time ago. And then Ely uh, adopted it and he won the Grand Prix and he told me that Blood Moon won him repeated matches. I, I don't think you play. I, don't, I think it's silly to play any blue red deck that doesn't have blood. But I just don't understand. Doesn't doesn't compute for me um, to have a sideboard card that instantly beats some of the most disgusting decks. Like uh, you know, a big one that's going to be out there now. Obviously, is um, uh, of course I'm forgetting the name now. The Primeval Titan uh, Amulet deck. So Amulet's going to be uh, a big deck now. Kind of like the last combo broken combo deck standing. You're going to see that a lot. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, Affinity decks, uh, either Hardened Scales is going to be the more popular Affinity deck, obviously. Uh, you're going to see uh, Dredge. I mean, the decks are still going to be the broken decks that you know and love, but uh, Phoenix has Surgicals in the board, which is obviously really powerful, and then it has Blood Moon to lock up those bad masters, and then it has a natural clock. So um, if I were to play a modern event and want to do well in it, I'd play Is It Phoenix if I want to hold true to my control ideals. I'll go X4 and play blue-white. All right. Um, are there any new, unique takes that you have on, on the blue-white archetype that you don't think is, is mainstream? Uh, I don't think it's, you know, and I, I have to be honest, I don't think it's good right now. I don't like it against a lot of decks out there. I, don't, I hate it against Amulet. I hate it. Uh, um, I think that you can play bad cards in your deck like, you know, additional Ghost Quarters to go with your Field of Ruin. You can play, like, I mean, you can go back old school and play, like, Spreading Seas, which is horrific. Um, I just don't think that 
you need one mana, you need cheap answers to the actual artifact itself. Um, and, you know, you just don't have it with blue-white. So it's, it's a tough deck to play. It really needs Stoneforge Mystic um, to be viable as, like, the turn two threat to handle, um, you know, to at least put pressure on all these decks while frantically, like, countering and mitigating their threats. Right now, blue-white, you, you basically start in the center of a volcano trying to, like, crawl out with these mediocre counter spells and removal spells early in the game. I don't know if you've ever cast a Path to Exile in Modern on turn one or two. It's just so bad. And, you know, you you got to do it. And without a threat to back it up, you're just delaying the inevitable, it feels like. Um, that being said, it's still playable against certain decks. I mean, if you play against aggressive decks all day, you have, you know, four turns in your deck. If you play against, um, you know, uh, combo decks that require creatures, then you're, you're looking okay. Um, so it's it's not bad, but... I would not sleeve it up for Toronto. I would definitely I'd go with a little Phoenix action myself. Right, Derek. I don't know if you, you've been playing much KCI. Last we talked to you, you were con- you may or may not have chosen to concentrate on Popper. Uh, what's been going on with you? Uh, yeah, I've been staying away from Modern because I knew that something was going to get banned. I thought it was pretty obvious. I didn't want to put any more time and effort into a format that I'm pretty sure would flip um after after the bannings i've been talking to a couple people um a lot of the people i've talked to are very high on the is it deck and they think that is probably one of the better decks going forward might even be a little overpowered right now um which is something that i'm keeping my eye on um i don't know how good spirits is and i don't know how good death shadow is going forward i don't know how good blue white is going forward and those were like the four or five decks, including KCI, that were on my radar, um, and then like Dredge. So I don't know. I've been watching a little bit of Modern. I don't really know what to expect. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing for Toronto yet, which is probably a problem because it's like three weeks away. But yeah, uh, I'm playing a bit of Popper, and then just started playing a bit more Standard this week. Right. Um, you were talking about Amulet Shaheen, and one of the more interesting decks that uh, came out at the SCG team event was um, Dominic Harvey's version of Amulet with uh, Wayward Swordtooth, three copies in the main. Not sure if that's being adapted at all in uh, on online. It doesn't look like. I'm checking the latest list, and they're all playing. Well, the lists that are published on Goldfish are just uh, the ones that have two copies of Trinket Mage and, and, and a copy of Reason to Believe. So, going to be interesting. Got to get Edgar on the show to talk about the evolution of Amulet and, and what's the best version moving forward, I guess, when we have him back on the show. Um, yeah, I, I defer to him with that deck. I mean, he's going to, Edgar's probably going to have to, I told him he's going to have to teach me. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> I'm talking, he's got to be very patient. I'm going to be he's the worst student of all time. I'm, I'm, when I say that I can't play certain decks, or I don't play them well, that's definitely one of the ones that is very foreign to me. So. Okay, before we talk to the show, one of the cards that a- Andy's actually most excited about, so let's talk about this card, is uh, Wilderness Reclamation. What was your initial take, Sheen? Hmm. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may have <clears throat> made... Ali Antrazi posted it 
and he uh, said some sweet, sweet things about it. And uh, I replied back with uh, that the card doesn't have any text on it. And that, of many of my tweets, has not aged well. Um, you know, like for every torrential gear hawk call that I did on uh, uh, Corbin's show, saying that card's it's five dollars. Like, what's wrong with people? Um, and when it comes to uh, the banning of KCI, those are good. But for every one of those, I have one gaff. Um, I don't know if Wilderness Reclamation is going to be busted. I definitely think it's a great card. Um, I said it was awful at the beginning, and I was wrong. I played with it. It's um, untapping your lands immediately is nuts. I mean, it's just uh, the only drawback is you got to play bad green in these control decks. Um, I think people are building it horrifically wrong. And I, I actually on decks to play this week on Star City, I talked about uh, one of the most common builds that still has tons of uh, the uh, enchantment that gains you life that ramps you and then has, you know, max copies, max copies, fogs, max copies, settle. It's just too much uh, riffraff in a deck that has so much power and you can just draw these cluttered, awful hands with them. Um, and Sometimes you don't have Wilderness Reclamation to, to get out of it. Like, you can't Chemistry's Insight and uh, flash it back and get rid of these things in a timely manner if you don't have an enchantment. Else. So I think that the card is good, and I said it was bad, uh, so I apologize. I do think that the card is going to... I, don't, I think the decks are going to be in their infancy this weekend. I don't think they're going to be optimal, to say the least. I think it's going to be a, uh, a top-eight deck, but not a winning deck this weekend. Right. Uh, we're going to have... A bunch of for all our patrons at, uh, and you can become a patron at patreon.com slash first strike. We're going to have many battle plans, deck guides, uh, for GB Toronto. I know I got Alex Bianchi working on some blue red deck, probably is it Phoenix or, um, other blue red archetypes. Um, and, uh, we got Andy that is, I'm going to post his, uh, early list with Wilderness uh, Reclamation, and, and I'll just let him take away uh, his fascination with the card and, and the Fog archetype. Uh, yeah, so I've, uh, I always like these kind of decks. They're kind of my thing. I understand a lot of people hate them, and that's fine. But um, Wilderness Reclamation is just so powerful. To, to, have to, to get to play a card like this and then immediately get to untap your lands, it's, like, it's free. Like, unless they have an instant speed answer to your Wilderness Reclamation, which a lot of decks don't play, you just don't lose any tempo for this, and if they don't kill it, they die. And I've seen like a lot of lists that I don't, I don't fully understand, and I, I'm still learning about like the best way to build these decks. Like I'm still learning like what's the best like small cantrip to play. Is it the look at your top four sorcery? Is it discovery dispersal? Is it revitalizing the white versions? Is it anticipate because it's an instant? Should you also play opt? There's so many different things working with this deck. But you could just tell it's so powerful. And then from there, like there's a, a big shell that's like the same in all of them. And then you have to think about what's the best win condition. So the best win condition by far is expansion explosion, but it also comes with the worst sideboard for the deck. And then from there, like Teferi is like kind of a medium win condition in the deck, and but it comes with like one of the better sideboards. But uh, recently, I just today I started working on even a black version that doesn't play any black cards in the main deck, but just has black cards in the sideboard. And the black cards on the sideboard are super powerful, and I just play four of the the big jellyfish in the, in the main deck. 
and just realizing that that might be just the best thing the deck can do is just to play a bunch of that card, ramp a bit, play that, and if it doesn't go off, it has like a fantastic B plan of just playing a big jellyfish that draws you cards, gains you life, and is your kill condition. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what the best version is yet, but I I love exploring it because there's so many decks out there that are just a buy. The the thing to try and figure out is how to beat red and to make sure that you don't get caught too far behind with these green decks with the blue in the sideboard and to make sure you can have a reasonable matchup post-board and then overall those matchups have been very easy. So I think the deck's, I think the deck is very good. The shell is very good. I, I'm not exactly sure what to build around it quite yet. Right. Um, someone in the chat, Aaron Barrett, was asking, Shaheen, what control deck should I play in standard? <laughs> Yeah, actually, uh, Raymond Perez messaged me, who is back from the dead now, and he said, oh, man, I've been secretly playing your Esper deck, and I'm at 5-0 to League, and now people think it's mine, and they're asking, he got published, and they're asking me about it, and they're like, should I send them to you? I'm like, no, man, it's, you did it. So it's, I mean, I'll, it's, I, I will be honest with you. I'll tell you when my Esper decks are, are less than optimal or garbage. Um, right now with the mana base, the deck is great. I mean, obviously, I've been, and that's why I had a negative impact on a negative reaction to Wilderness Reclamation at first is because, I mean, I'm packing, you know, fourth auto erasure, main deck negates, absorbs, and mortifies. So I haven't been losing to the deck. Um, and Hydroid Crisis just draws them three cards, and it's kind of mediocre unless they have uh, the whole, whole machinery running. Um, but the deck, you know, I, I don't think Esper is as good. It doesn't have buys like, you know, I agree that Wilderness Reclamation, Bant Nexus, these decks have buys against these creature decks, these mid-range decks, these uh, heavy aggro decks that aren't mono-red uh, with a bunch of creatures and, like, Judith, cards uh, like that. It's, it's so good against those. So I'm torn, man. I think, I think Esper is good right now because of the mana base. The new set added basically no cards to the deck besides Pious Wrath that has overperformed, heavily overperformed. Um, you know, you don't, you don't know what you what you lost until it comes back to you and you get to play with it again. Four mana rafts are just the truth. Um, and I just, I can't believe how good it is in the format. And um, that's, that's the only selling point for Esper. But if you want to, if you have a build of Bant Nexus that doesn't have 75 fog cell, the wreckages and a bunch of eight ramp spells with a bunch of air in the deck, I think that deck is prime for a breakout. I don't, like I said, I do not like um, the Bant Nexus decks and the Wilderness Reclamation decks that have a lot of air in there that banks on must resolve this enchantment or win. It should be decks that operate as a control deck um, that when they do cast, they win, but if they don't, they can keep up and have relevant cards, not uh, draw a card, put a land into play. Three mana, enchant my land, gain two life. Fog, fog, revitalize. Like, you just can't have decks like that and expect to beat uh, control decks, the mirror matches, tuned wilderness reclamation decks, or decks with, like, duress and heavy pressure. Uh, I think there's going to be a Rakdos deck that's an aggro deck that has a boatload of disruption in the sideboard and a bunch of burn. That's not going to be the Judith creature-based one. It's going to be just a Rakdos burn deck, and those are going to be also tough to beat. So I would... If you can get a Wilderness Reclamation deck that's tuned without 50,000 Fogs, then that's the deck I'd play. Um, <laughs> I, I know there's only four in the deck, but it feels like so many when they keep casting. Revitalize this Fog. 
I mean, obviously, it's better. I think it's better than Fog, but um, just uh, be careful with that. Don't don't go copying those lists with twenty four land and a bunch of cantrips and fogs and stuff. So, what do you say to that, Andy? So I think unless so, my uh, cantrip of choice by a large margin has been discovery dispersal. And I think that playing the three mana enchantment that gains life, if you're not playing black lands, actually makes it worth it with Discovery Dispersal because you have this main deck interaction. And it gets decks like Mono Red, because I'm not playing Revitalize, it's just four fogs and then the eight ramp spells and then a bunch of draw. And so the thing is, I, I think you need that enchantment to gain life against Mono Red. And I think the access it gives you with Discovery Dispersal when you're not playing any black lands is just extremely powerful in the mirror match. And it's actually good against some other, even control decks, being able to, like, they play Teferi Plus and thinking they're going to have their counterspell up, and you just bounce their Teferi. That's a pretty big tempo swing. Or just being able to uh, Dispersal a Carnage Tyrant. I've won a lot of games where my opponent thinks I'm dead, but I just bounce their biggest thing especially when they don't see it coming. So I actually think that the Gift of Paradise is good. I could see playing less if you're playing Black Lands. If you're not playing Black Lands, I think it's good enough with Discovery Dispersal that I do want for, and I have played for in a lot of my decks because of how good that interaction is. I would I would try Absorb. Have you tried Absorb in that spot? I, I, I haven't, no. Nope, yeah, I know I, it's kind of taboo to play Counterspells in these Fog decks and these Ramp decks, um, and I kind of wrote about that today. That it's actually, I think, absorbing that spot would be better in most scenarios. Yeah, you could be right. the The, pr- the problem I have is that I don't like the the bant that much. I don't like Teferi as a win condition that much. Oh yeah, you're playing. Oh sorry, you're playing blue green with black lands. Gosh, so yours is a little different. Uh, I play all. I've played all the versions at least five to ten times through leagues, and I just okay. think the. <laughs> all the versions, all have, of the versions. I've geez. played it's green blue. I played base green blue splash nothing and splash all three of the colors. Right. And I think that Teferi is the worst win condition. That's funny because I, I agree with you kind of because it's been that's those are the versions that are very anemic. Those are the ones that I'm talking about with all the air because like even Teferi can be kind of air sometimes if you. Teferi is air in the deck. It, it actually is, except when you're already doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I like the expansion explosion. The teamer version is the best win condition by a lot, but the, the, the deck gets nothing in the sideboard for mono red. Oh, no. <laughs> like you have to play Raptor Hatchling or something. They have like I saw Todd Anderson's list, and it has like you know Fire Cannonade, and like, no, it, that doesn't help you against you know twenty eight burn spells. So no, I don't I don't like his list at all. The primal amulet's unplayable. Yeah, like I, I started with that, and I I five would with a list with only one. Uh, Nexus, but it was playing Murmuring Mystics in the first deck dump. And then I re- eventually realized I just wanted to take the turns and not actually mess around with Murmuring Mystic. But you can't play Prime Amulet, it's too slow, it doesn't affect the board. And then you have to play bad cards like uh, whatever the two mana draw card with the uh, flashback, sort of. Oh, radical idea. Yeah, that card's no, very bad. I wouldn't yeah, play that. Play, I, I do like Firemind's Insight. I, I think that's cool. Yeah, I did like that, and I did I did play it in the, the version that I five owed with as well. The problem is red, right? You you can you can fix every matchup except red very easily, and that's why I think black might give you some of the best because you get to just play a bunch of moment of cravings, and you also get to have for control decks and the mirror you get to play your own thief of sanities, 
And instead of being forced to play Crushing Canopy, which is sort of garbage, you just play some Assassin's Trophies, which are sort of great against a bunch of stuff when you don't care that much about what they're doing. Yeah, I can buy that. I have not seen, I have not seen it, so that must be uh, more on the brew side. I have not seen a, a black-based one. I've seen two. No, nope. I have not seen one either. So that might be ahead of the curve there. Good. Uh, Andy, you sound like you've been dressed too, maybe in Cyborg or Thought Erasure. Andy, you you sound like you've been grinding a lot. Like from your perspective on the other side, what's what what have you been impressed by from the other side? Like from my opponents? Yeah, yeah. What deck do you think like feels like it's really good? Uh, Bug mid range. It's just like the old green black, but with uh, the crisis. The crisis is unreal. Best card from the new set. Now that I've played with the settled below a lot. It is hella powerful, and it's it's good in these uh, mid green mid range decks. I think that's the the other best deck I've faced. And mono red's also very powerful. There's times where my mono red opponent doesn't play a creature on turn one, and it's actually still terrifying. Yeah, yeah and that's red, that's that's wild. A mono red deck. I mean, I obviously step ten of my crying. I was just like, come on, man! It's like another bolt. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> If, if you look at Monored now, compared to historic Monored, I'm talking even Goblin Guide Monored, it's obscene. Like, they have 12 Lightning Striker better cards. I, I don't know. I would, if I could stomach it, I think that might be a deck I would choose for Standard this weekend. But I'm Yeah, it's, it's a hella safe pick, that's for sure. It can't be that bad. I think the problem is that there's that bug deck I just talked about. I think it really crushes it because a lot of them play Wild Growth Walker and the Explore Package, which Green Black was doing to prey on them before. But then it's over the top threat is also something that just gains life. Right. I wrote about that this weekend. We're they doing a Factor Fiction piece that comes out tomorrow. And I said that if you're not Wild Growth Walkering or Lear of Dawn bringing and having like a really good plan for red, then you might as well just save your time this weekend at the Indianapolis Open. Yeah, there's a lot of events this weekend. Um, Der- Derek, um, I think there's not that many, like, standard in terms of Magic Fest tournaments. There's one in Memphis in the middle of February, and then there's one in Kyoto in March. And then you have to go all the way to the end of May, beginning of June, where there's some Magic Fest in Kansas City and Taipei. So nothing too... Uh, relevant that we could go to but it is a relevant rptq format uh, that's the one that's next in, in in a few weeks for a lot of people um and man some people might be looking at derek and be like the the trophy standard trophy master green black master they're probably curious what your, your starting point would be Derek. uh yeah i'm playing green black splash hydra like Andy said, the card is just absolutely bonkers. It's not close to the best card in the format. Um, and you're probably thinking, wait, Teferi is extremely powerful, and I'm not talking in a vacuum. I mean, in the format. Um, I think when Teferi isn't making these fog decks, the card's sort of lacking in, in power level um, as, as a relative card in the format. And so I think that goes a lot long. Lo- that goes with why control decks are also not doing as well because Teferi's not as powerful, and you have this card that can just be a 6-6 against control that draws three cards and gains three life. I don't, I don't think... I think if you're not playing Krasis in the standard format, you're making a huge mistake, or you're playing Mono Red, 
and hoping that your opponents aren't ready for you. Like Andy suggested earlier, Greenblatt's just playing Wild Growth Walker. If I expect Mono Red of the field, I'm just going to put some more Moment of Cravings in my sideboard or maybe some other life gain cards and just laugh at them when they cast uh, the 1-2 on turn 1 and just run them over in the late game. I don't think the Fog deck is playable. I think Wilderness Reclamation is an is a enchantment that doesn't do anything, and you need so many more moving parts to make the deck worse. I, work. I actually think it's worse than it was last season. It just looks really good now because people are new to the format and don't entirely understand what's going on yet, which also goes along with poor deck building. But in on a counter-argument, everybody else is also building their deck poorly also. If you take a look at these Saltai decks, they have two to three duresses in the boards, two negates, two um, disable strokes, and a quick clock. So it's really hard for me to believe that these fog decks are going to survive in this metagame after this weekend once people realize that this Saltai deck is the best deck and these fog decks are very clunky and very hard to build properly and once built properly aren't even that powerful. Um, I think I think that Monored's the second best deck and that's simply because people will not respect it. Like nobody ever respects the Monored deck and we see this over and over again at the Pro Tour every single year or, or just the aggro deck in general. I think that the white-red aggro deck is under the radar. Nobody's talking about it. And I think that the black-red deck, if you splash heroic reinforcements, might be under the radar and nobody's talking about it. But that's not really my range. And uh, yeah, we'll see after this weekend. But, but I think um, in a couple of weeks, you'll, you'll see people not playing Fog. Man, to that you say what, Andy? Shots fired. Well, I've, I've done very well against the Black Green decks. So, like, game one is, like, so far in your favor, obviously. And then, but post-board, it's, like, in their favor, but I don't think it's, like, remotely enough to compensate for, for the game one. But uh, it really, it does depend on how people build their lists. Like, Derek has, like, one of the best possible lists, I think. If everyone starts adopting a list like this, then maybe they can work it up to, like, 50-50 over through the match. But I don't think, I don't think it. Uh, everyone's building their deck quite as well as Derek is right now, and I think uh, I think it's still still a good matchup for Fog. I don't agree. Yeah, that's fine. You don't you don't have to agree. Uh, I, think, I, just... I think part of it is uh, the like a lot of Fog players are playing their enchantments very badly against people. It's when they should just hold them, like until they go off, because they keep just getting them killed against people. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people are making against these kind of decks. Maybe, maybe that's happening to you. But I just, I just don't play a, well, a reclamation in like till turn five or something, and then I play it and I go off. Uh, I agree. A lot of people will play it on turn four, and if I'm on the player, I have an elf. I'll just Vivian it, and they'll just spin their wheels for a couple more tur- more turns, and eventually just die. Um, but I also think that if you're on the draw, you sort of have a time limit to when you have to go off. And like Shaheem said, a lot of, I don't, I don't know what your exact 75 is looking like, but I do have noticed that there's a little bit of fluff in these decks. And it's, uh, it's, it's odd to me because you have these gate strategies, you have these um, expansion explosion strategies, you have these Teferi strategies, but none of them are really like concentrated yet so they're all sort of flopping around 
And it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, I just have a bunch of duresses and I just duress their threat and they can't beat me. Um, I, I just don't understand how any deck that, that isn't an aggro deck can beat a high, high, the crisis. Um, because to me, that card is just absolutely ridiculous. And I think the only way to beat it is to go underneath it. I think it's a good thing, uh, Derek, that, that Elliot was not available tonight because he's the only one with Krasis in the top five. So Elliot, are, are we going to give has, him the early lead? He's, he's this, he has this weird thing <laughs> where he picks like the best mythic in the format and then continually plays the worst deck going forward. Like last season, he like picked a bunch of, he had a really good list, picked Doom Whisperer, which like everybody slept on, and then played Boros Angels for the GP, which is a good choice for that GP, which is like an <laughs> awful choice for the format. And just like, I, I don't know what he's on about. Like he was right. I, the crisis is bonkers. I thought it was an ET big B trigger. It's a cast trigger. So it just like can't get countered, can't be uh, honor guarded. Is it, it has X blue green instead of XX blue green. So you can like, it's a 6-6 six, six for 8 mana that flies and has trample. If they made it an XX, it would be a 3-3. Three, three. It would be significantly worse. And it just blows me away how good this card is. And people are talking about Wilderness Reclamation, a 4-man enchantment that requires 10 other cards for you to win. doesn't make sense to me. But anyways. Yeah, I think it's because these decks you're playing against, like you said, are, are just poorly built, but you know, I think that's not going to change for this weekend. I think you're going to play, if you play your tuned deck against the meta of the game, it's going to be a bunch of poorly built decks, and I think your deck could be the best deck in that field. Um, I just, um, I think as, like, if you have these tuned decks, eventually you figure out what their game plan is. So, if, if I think that Fog is a heavy representation of the meta, I'm going to play more anti-fog cards. So uh, up to the point where they can kill me a turn earlier than I could interact with them, the crisis just finds my answers earlier. And if the game goes long, if I draw like a negate or a duress early and the game goes long, my crisis just gains so much more momentum, if you will, um, as the match goes on. So this card is a big threat that kills your opponent, finds your sideboard cards post-board, gains life against Mono Red, and is usually a two or three or more for one against Control. To me, if you're not playing this card, you're just making a huge mistake in the format. And it's, it's blowing me away that people are forcing these aggro decks right now when, like, like, I think you either have to force the aggro decks or you have to play Krasis. Otherwise, you're, make, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, I, so in my fog... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Shane. Fine. I was just going to just quickly... I was going to say, I kind of agree with Andrew, though, in, in testing. Maybe it's my opponents have bad versions, but I'm just, you know, destroying these decks with Esper. Mainly because Thought Erasure is so good, and I play four. So they, they don't often get a chance to cast them for any significant value. Um, and they, it really goes out to be uh, turn three Thought Erasure, turn two, whatever it is. Highest Wrath to kill a lot of the Explorer creatures away, and I play Teferi on an undefended board, and I know their hand. And it turns out, and then on tap two with negate open. So it kind of, and that's not even really a nut draw because there's a bunch of four ofs in the deck and game one. Um, so game one, I've been stealing, and then games two and three, I feel disfavored. But like Andrew said, being up a game is gross and magic. It's always been gross. And even no matter how bad the matchup is, you know, you're, 
you're at worst, you know, 60, 40, probably for the match if you're up a game. Um, but I think that not every, I think thought ratio is not played in standard. So I don't think it matters. Um, for you, if you're in a metagame that you're, you're expecting, I don't think you're going to see it at all. I don't think you're going to see blue, green, wild wilderness reclamation with black lands and black cyborg cards like Andrew plays. So I think, you know, it's, we're all, we all can be right where your deck is the best deck because, you know, in our conversation of four here, people are not going to be prepared for that. And they're playing these junky lists at this point. Yeah, I agree with like uh, what you're talking about. The fluff is like there's basically no fluff in my deck except for like the eight ramp spells and the four fogs. And I think the ramp spells I mitigated with my some of the other stuff. But I agree. So what happened with the deck building with me is I played a crisis because you need a win condition. So I was like, oh, I'll play one card's good. Draw it late, whatever. If you draw it early, just hold it till you can play it for a lot of mana. And then eventually, I just realized like I just want this to just bridge the gap when I'm winning, or I want it to just kill my opponent i've i played against like a deck that turned three unmoored egoed me and i just game two and then i just played a bunch of crisis killed them and then i've played against a, a deck that went turn one duress turn two thought erasure turn three thief of sanity and i just played a three three crisis and then they didn't have removal anymore so they just said go and then i played a bunch of stuff ramped a little played another crisis and then all of a sudden i was far ahead I think Crisis is the best card in standard right now for sure. Well, it's funny because like when you say people like Teferi used to be the most powerful card in standard in a vacuum, but it's just it's so like it's pretty weak in the format, I think. Like that I think it's just not that good in the format that I don't think it's the best card in standard anymore. Um, any cards uh, that we can give an early W to? Like, uh, Derek, do you think Judith is, is an early W with, with so many people playing it and talking about the card? No, I think it's a flop. Ooh. Um, to, to me, these black-red decks are just not as good as these mono-red decks. And Judith would be very good. Judith is the kind of card that needs support. It's not good by itself. Um, and as long as the rest of the deck is bad, Judith will be bad. Uh, whereas Mono Red, we've, we've talked about it. They just have 12 lightning strikes. They don't care if their cards are bad. You're dead. Judith is like, all these cards are bad. I can't do anything by myself, you know? So, I don't know. Um, may, maybe, maybe next format? <laughs> maybe next time, kid? <laughs> you know, like... I think there's, there's a lot of cards in the format that are like that right now. Yeah, I think Elliot mentioned it in our group chat today that there's zero Judas in the deck dump today. <laughs> like, the card that looked like the clear, like a clear frontrunner for easily the most powerful card, or one of the most. It's just te- contextually not great. <laughs> Falling in a, like, Tajik, <laughs> Andy? Forever Tajik. Yeah, like this, this might be worse than Tajik. Like, I know that's hard to comprehend, but it might be worse than Tajik. No, and I, I even mentioned, like, when it first got spoiled, I uh, wrote an article that had a heavy portion on Judith talking about it's just not, it's not aristocrats. It's not, you don't have a 4 1 hasted indestructible flyer with, it's just, it's just, you just can't even compare. In the sack outlets, cost mana. It's just so bad. Like, you can't even, like, build a deck that was comparable to the old version. Even 
I'm going to say the older version of Aristocrats was also slightly overrated too. It oh, it was good. overrated. Yeah. It's like one of the top five worst decks ever went a pro tour. You like right. play that deck like after the pro tour and it was like close to unplayable. And yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Like, so if, if it's not even Aristocrats in the format now, that's telling you something. You should steer clear of this card. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a flop also. A big one. Wait, Aristocrats? The one with Falcon Wrath? Yeah. yeah, the one that won the Pro Tour. Is now, afterwards, was I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know it yeah, was that. Um, it won that PT and people picked it up. And it was actually, I can't remember what the format was. I think that was Gatecrash. That Gatecrash? Is that the Domery yeah. format? Domery? Yeah, I, I, was that the one? Jerry T top aided with Jeskai Boros Reckoner? Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think I don't. I don't remember if that format had Sphinx's Revelation or not. Because uh, I think it did. Yeah, and I I think after that, like people were just like figured out the best way to beat it, and it just sort of fell. But because Sam Black is such an insane deck builder, he like picked a piece in the metagame where nobody knew what was going on really, and just tore it apart. And then afterwards, people realized that it wasn't that good of a deck. Very medium, medium, and now it's poor. Like I just, I mean, if you play against, it, you can just you you feel it when you play against Mountain One Drop, uh, Untap Bolchu Bolchu. You want to you want to die inside, and when you see really bad creatures that deal you a damage when they die and they're one ones for one, I'm like, all right, well, good luck, bud. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Shout out to my man uh, Jesse Smith, Smitty. One of the founders of the A team, my old podcast, it was uh, extremely popular. Shout out to him. He started streaming again, and uh, like to see him in chat. This isn't as good as people say, so he agrees with that. But shout out, much love to him. Started streaming. Um, Derek, I'm just pulling up your, your Twitch uh, channel, and uh, your recent broadcast was was 16 days ago. Uh, so, what's the deal with that? Uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm taking a bit of a break. I want to take a step back. Um, I, I was playing a lot of magic and streaming a lot. And then I was like, sort of, sort of thinking about taking a break. The new year was coming up and then I spiked the mocks and it was sort of like, sort of surreal for a couple of days. Like what just happened? Like, uh, I'm going to Seattle, I'm going to London, I'm doing all these things. And people are like, asking me all these questions about standard. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's just been so much for so long. And I didn't realize that. I was sort of like overwhelmed with all of this content and I was just like, I just got to, got to take a break. Um, and so I have been, uh, I don't really have like a return time, but it'll happen eventually, I guess. I don't know. Got to find balance. Like, so where, where are most people, most of you testing on, are you doing a, on arena? Or are you doing on the, the classic MTGO? Um, up for me up until arena has best of three. On the ladder, I'm not playing arena, um, and I think that like the only people playing standard on MTG are grinders. So you're gonna have really good competition there, and people who are really trying to figure out lists. So I like playing there. Is that the same goes for you, Andy? Uh, yeah. So I played on arena like exclusively until the new set came out, and then I moved right back to Moto because I thought it was where I would get the best testing, at least for now. 
And, and Shaheen, do you just like uh, goldfish while watching TV still? Like, what's the what's the oh, plan yeah. here? You know, my testing is very <laughs> rigorous, and uh, and I'm I'm on Arena um, pretty exclusively, uh, <laughs> while acknowledging that MTGO is probably better for testing. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't enjoy it anymore. And like testing for me, like you know, I I, I wish I had the time I used to. Um, but with my limited time, I like to break out the laptop and fire up a quick standard match. Um, I, I find to be the, the standard tournaments um, on Arena are not that bad. They've gotten better. Um, the best of three ones, the, the competitive uh, traditional standard cues. Uh, I mean, if, in, in sta- it, it, regarding like com- uh, competitiveness, I would give it like a five or MTGO is like a nine at this point. Um, but at least you still get to play against, you know, real decks, metagame decks. Um, you get to see how your cards interact and you get to play quickly. Uh, that's what, that was always my gripe with uh, MTGO. Um, I just wasn't able to finish as many matches as I wanted to. Um, but, you know, I, I think that for people out there, I remember, uh, Switching initially, I, I don't know how much longer standard has um, on MTGO. Maybe you guys can set me straight. But when we look at just the amount of people entering the events and the queues, and uh, a lot of the wait times for my my professional friends, they're they're really complaining about it. I wonder, maybe that's a question for you. I wonder how much time you got left on that program. I think um, I think this is a huge recency bias. I don't think people are looking at the numbers of people that were playing the first couple of weeks of standard on moto before this, because it's always been small. Um, and if you, I don't have the numbers myself, but from my memory um, numbers from the last couple of years have really been small because it's been an awful standard format. And it's been, pe- people don't, didn't want to play copter or Sahili or Etherworks Marvel. People were playing it because they wanted to be competitive and play on the pro tour. Um, and that, that sort of has a trickle down, but you don't have these mass amount of people that you do on arena playing casually on in those bad formats, right? So now we have this new good format and this new program to do it with all these new players that aren't looking to play competitively. I think that's why Moto's down a little bit because all the casual players are moving over. But I assume for testing going forward, up for at least a couple more years, people will probably be standing on playing standard on Magic Online, not exclusively, but competitively. Um, I also think that a lot of people are overhyping the fall of Moto because to me, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere and the wait times aren't that bad. Um, I think, if anything, limited wait times are awful simply because you can just draft much better. But if you're trying to actually play, like I was talking to Edgar the other day and he said there's a, there's a draft bot problem where they don't pick gates high enough or they don't pick certain cards high enough. And there's actually like a very good um, gate deck uh, in the format. So it's hard to be competitive and like draft well on arena when there's like, you're not drafting against other players, right? Um, yeah, the draft on arena is, is not even, I, I do it for kicks, but I do play MTGO for, for drafting. Yeah, and uh, somebody in chat said it's super cheap on Arena. It's actually cheaper on Moto right now um, because there's no trading and there's no exchanging. Once you set into a deck, 
if you want to play a different deck, you have to buy the entire deck on, on Moto, you invest and you can sort of shift your investment around. I'm not saying like it's perfect, but it's not, it's not more expensive than arena. It just seems more expensive. Arena's tough though, man. Arena's cheap. I, I spent a hundred bucks and have every deck you want. Yeah. I mean, like I, I spent like a hundred dollars on, on standard a couple years ago and I haven't had to play, put any more money in. Right. You know what I mean? You're a master though. Think about the average folk. Okay. That aren't winning all the moxies in the world. So (laughs) think about the little people. Right. I mean, but like you got to put in more work, you know? Yeah. It's the daily quests that give you, it's, it's, it's a balanced system. I think the economy is good. It's, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I just think that people saying that one is cheaper than the other is like a, a non-comparative or a misnomer sort of thing, right? Like I, I think they're extremely comparable. And when you think about it um, in like an open market setting where you can trade and like arena where you can't trade, you have to like sort of grind through it. Like, a, yeah, I don't know. No, you're right. MTGO is, is comparable for competitive players. Uh, the casual ones, uh, like my uh, girlfriend spent $5 on the bundle and has Mono Blue and Rakdos Aggro already built from questing. So you can't do that on a MTGO, but if you're competitive and you uh, want more than that, you're right. They're about the same. Uh, like you put a hundred bucks into either program, you're going to have multiple decks and you can trade them in and MTGO and build other decks. Um, but for the casual player that's heading over, kind of mentioned already, five bucks for the bundle, you can build one standard deck and do some quests and build a second standard deck. It's pretty, pretty dope. I, I will say that I do think that Arena is the future for um, standard and limited magic. But I, I don't think that that means that MTGO is out of the picture. And I don't think that there isn't a use for MTGO. Um, and I also think that standard and draft on Moto will be sort of reasonable for the next couple years until Arena comes out of beta, until we get more information on the Magic Pro League and these big events. Um, there's like so many other things we just don't know about the top end of this competitive level event Um, and like you can still play PTQs and MOXs on MTGO so there's a demand for it at least it's not just empty right one one last question Chief we got you you're the old man you gotta hit the gotta take care of your kid Um, yeah Yeah, sleep um, care of them. Uh, so what would so much like mystery uh, unknown with, with the competitive tournaments or, or what the system's going to look like? What's driving you right now? That's a good question. Um, I definitely had a brighter fire burning prior to these announcements. Uh, when they changed the professional system, they killed gold level and below pros made us extinct pretty much um all the work we put into getting to the level last year is actually my first time being gold i've been to you know 25 pro tours but i always did the hard way like you know pdqs and gp top 16s back in the day um you know the easy road but after working so hard and going to all these team events and grinding with team card order and then joining you know getting uh all the the insane awesome players that we have on face-to-face this year we're all hyped 
they kind of did take a little bit of the wind out of our sails. Um, you know, and it, it's unfortunate. I, I think that they could have, there's a way to keep a top 32 system for the elite and, and still have a, an ample grinding, um, you know, path to, to hit all the mythic championships, maybe without pro points. I know we're still waiting on qualifying announcements, but the way they've let this slip before, they said that, you know, we kind of want 200 person pro tours. They said this a long time ago. And that kind of got swept. Well, we never said that. It got swept under the rug. But they meant that they want to. Sh- they want to showcase the best of the best, and then have the dream still alive for sporadic invitations around the world. And that's why they wanted um, Grand Prix to qualify you for your regional pro tour instead of the next pro tour, because they really want to condense these populations and have these low invites and have like a really concise smaller tournament. So, with that being said. Uh, what drives me is just to have, honestly, I'm back to what I used to do and just want to create content. I want to, um, you know, build control decks and be a voice for the side of good and what is right against the knucklehead aggro players. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. So I'm going to keep writing content till I'm dead uh, or until the game's dead. Um, but as far <laughs> as professional magic, I will go to events I can go to. Uh, you know, with a kid and the full-time job and everything, it's always been tough. But now, um, you know, I want to finish year out strong So uh, with Team Face-to-Face. So we're going to give it our all in these last few tournaments, um, you know, with people like Ely winning every Grand Prix he plays in and Nassif being one of the best team organizers. Well, we're, still, we're still rolling in. I mean, everyone on the team is great, you know, Edgar, Morgan, Pete. Um, I, I, I this I'm happy that I'm ending my really hard professional run with uh, this group of people. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride for the end of the year. Not to sound depressing or not, but I'll still be around. But not I'm not going to uh, uh, Magic Fest after this year. No way. Not unless it's in my backyard. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's mainly because uh, I don't top eight. Yeah, it's just just I've I've gone thirteen and two three times. I have the record, I think, right now, according to uh, I'm second under Peter, whatever his name is, uh, and I've never top eight individually, so that's really fun. Um, you know, so if there's no pro points, if there's no um, you know other road besides top eighting a Grand Prix or winning a PTQ, um, you know, it's going to be I'm going to leave the leave that to you, younger folk, to keep going. Uh, okay, one last, this is the really quick one. I don't know if you're still following, but uh, let's have your Super Bowl pick. Oh, God. I mean, who do I want to win? Would be obviously I'm an NFC guy, you know that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, even though it's the Dirty Rams, I still want them to win. Um, but I think, I think evil's going to prevail. I think number six. <laughs> number six. Number six. <laughs> It's untouchable franchise at that point. It's insane, man. You know, and I try to hold on to the Montana being the best of all time. I, I had to let that go like three Super Bowls ago. Um, and now it's like, it's, it's just a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's second to the goat? Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Shane. Always a blast to have you on and get your insights on Standard. And uh, can't wait to see what happens this weekend in Indy. Because that's the only uh, major standard tournament of the weekend. If you want to play modern, head over to Vancouver. If you want to uh, play some limited, go down to New Jersey. So thanks again, Sheen. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Take it easy, guys.
Hey, those are man. Gene Serrani, our team face face games. Um, Andy, what, what's up on the horizon for you in terms of tournaments? Well, I leave for a Grand Prix or a Magic Fest, New Jersey tomorrow. And then I was supposed to go to the RPTQ the week after, but I'm moving that day. So I have to uh, reschedule to go to the Montreal RPTQ, I believe, whenever that is. So then it's that, and then also the Toronto Jeep uh, Magic Fest. So any, let's end the show with this. Any uh, prep you've done for, for New Jersey? Any early things that you've learned that uh, you can, you're going to bring with you to the tournament? Well, I've begged Kale Thompson to teach me about the limited <laughs> format, and he's uh, agreed to it hesitantly. He doesn't know it yet, but he has. So he'll, I assume he'll tell me some things. Uh, it sucks because drafting on Arena is the most fun possible because it's so goddamn fast, but the <laughs> bots are bad. And they were, re- they were so bad in Ixalan, it was sickening. <laughs> All, like, you get like seventh pick Chupacabras, like eighth pick moment of cravings and it just it, it just never ended and they just hated the black cards and they they could not and now it looks like once again they're not really doing gold cards very well and they just don't understand how good gates are so you could just force gates over and over again you'll do well are people still drafting on the old client somewhere somewhere out there yeah <laughs> yeah i um I know, I think it was, I think Edgar switched over today, just because, like, you can't, you can't simulate a real draft on Arena, and you can't get real results. So, it, it's, it's very hard to, like, say you're going to do well at a GP or the Pro Tour if you're not actually getting the results you think you'd get. Yeah, I don't want to sound like an Arena hater, because I actually really love Arena. I love Arena. And uh, it's just right now for me, Magic Online is just kind of doing me more when I'm preparing for these tournaments that matter a lot to me. And I think Arena will catch up. Like once, once best of three is ranked, the competition is going to be so good once you hit Mythic that it's just you'll probably I'm probably not going to touch Moto the whole time I'm testing standard. Yeah, I know I, with, uh, with ranked best of one, you played against good players all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think once uh, we get that, it's going to be awesome. I think Arena has a lot of potential, and it just needs to get there. And once it, once it does, like, we're in. But obviously, these things take time. Arena's still in beta. You know, not, nothing bad about Arena. Just yeah. Arena is a little incredible bit of for, for Arena is incredible for still being in beta. Like, it's so close to being good. It's just getting a little bit of feedback, and then it's just going to get better. And they've shown how much they're going to listen to the feedback, and that's incredibly exciting. Like, we got, like, everything we asked for last time. (laughs) Like, the last Arena announcement was just, like, here's more value. Hey, you guys want better everything? Here you go. (laughs) I saw saw a screenshot on Twitter where we finally, uh, maybe it's happened before, but comparing us and Hearthstone, and we finally had more views than Hearthstone in terms of uh, uh, game views. So. I mean, I, I never thought I would see this too. Uh, when we started this podcast, where we were uh, talk, talking about with uh, me, Brian, Rob, about how, how to improve MTGO and stuff like that, I, I didn't think that we would be in. We're a pretty good spot. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have expected it. I would have. I would, I'd certainly wouldn't have bet on it at that time. All right. Um, any last words from from you, Derek? Uh, 
I don't think so. Um, All right. Yeah. Hope people can catch you and hope. I mean, we need we need some misplaced ginger content, whether it's uh, the next vlog or whatever. There's got to be some content in the works, but we'll let you take your, your little content hiatus for now. And uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash first strike. We'll be dropping down, dropping some battle plans and some deck guides over there. And uh, we will see you next week once Andy takes down GP New Jersey. Like they're still calling, you're still calling the main event GP, right? Yeah. So, so taking down GP New Jersey, and we're gonna interview. Well, well either you or Elliot wins. That's gonna go down. So, thanks for uh, chatting with us, and uh, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app and we'll see you next time. Ciao guys.